Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Toons Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Toons Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Finally, we've got Sean Peel in the house. VHS and chill. What up? What up, man? Thanks for coming out, man. I was just, we were talking earlier, it was like this list of people I've been wanting to have on and then like, all these motherfuckers cutting in line in front of you. I'm like, I finally, I just got to get them in. Right on. Let's get them in. But thanks for coming out, man. Um, yeah, VHS and chill. Uh, for people maybe that haven't heard about it or know what you guys do, can you kind of just give the rundown, like how that started up and what you guys do? I mean, it started up, uh, I guess, originally it had to be back in like 2016. Um, maybe before that. But anyway, it was, uh, as I tell people, it was, you know, watching RoboCop, as one does, on an old VHS I had. And uh, saw that the bad guy had a cool wall of TVs, like a TV wall in his, his apartment, the villain. And I thought, how hard can that be to build now? Like, <laughs> it can't be that hard. And and they're cheap and just went and built a TV wall in my garage. It's like the tube TVs, right? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. The old, old school old joints. CRT TVs, chained <laughs> them together with coax cables and splitters uh, to one VCR. So just, you know, one Im- or, you know, an image on each each TV. And it, it's like that um, if you build it, they will come thing. I built it. And then people just kept coming over and hanging out, and we started doing movie parties and watch parties until it just got so big that we had to take it out. We had to go public. Um, We started doing showings at the IAO Gallery on Film Row. Um, Did shows there for a while, did midnight shows, double features. We did um, like a Halloween huge event thing. We ended up doing a a bunch of shows at the Speakeasy. We we were there for like a year showing. uh, What we do is we show movies, we show... Uh, just different themed movies, different events. We put together stuff where, like, we have a, a burlesque show in Moulin Rouge. And, you know, we showed Super Troopers and did a syrup chug. We do giveaways and contests and, and uh, just all kinds of fun things. And just it just I kept doing more and more shows and ended up at the Paramount Room, uh, which is where I, I do a lot of shows now. I do shows at Elk Valley Brewery. Uh, we do VHS Grindhouse there, uh, kung fu movies, sci-fi movies. Uh, also, Rodeo Cinema. I mean, I'm the theater manager of Rodeo Cinema, and we do shows there. And uh, pretty much uh, th- the big ones are, you know, blockbusted video where we just watch bad movies and then just we riff and rip them apart. Like, I get up on in stage and tell people before we start, talk, be loud, play on your phone. I mean, this isn't a, a quiet, you know, art house screening. You know, we're watching RoboCop 3 here. It's, <laughs> it's not... It's you not know, citizens came. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, and we just enjoy and riff that. And I do live on the plaza, outdoor shows there for them. Um, just 
anybody that'll let me show movies on VHS, I pretty much just go for it. That's super cool, man. Yeah, I had uh, talked to you before, and like and I think you did, um, we had chatted, I don't know if you remember this, but I think you'd done one at uh, one of the art shows at Speakeasy that James Nim's the, James yeah. Nim does, um, and you're showing like some straight up throwback, like uh, might have been Gundam or something in Japanese. I had Does that the, familiar. I had. I think it was. His, it was at his Miyazaki show. I had. Yeah, that might I had, have been it. Uh, Princess Mononoke. I had. Uh, uh, My neighbor Totoro. It was like but all I had, kinds of stuff. And I had, uh, but all of those. I had the original Japanese. VHSs That's what it was. Yeah, with no dubs, uh, subtitled in Japanese, all in Japanese. And yeah, that was super. People got a kick out of that. That's super cool. I just I remember. Uh, I mean, you probably talked to a thousand people <laughs> that night, but yeah. I just remember in passing. I was just like, dude, this is pretty tight. Yeah, and it was just funny. Like nothing. I mean, it wasn't dubbed or anything, or no subtitles mm-hmm. or anything. No, I was like, that's pretty tight. It was, it was pure. I like to say, like when you watch it like that. Like, but if it's something you've seen a whole bunch, you know, you've seen Princess Mononoke over and over again, you know, and to get to hear it just like that is almost. I mean, I like it. I enjoyed it. Right. <laughs> well, uh, you know, kind of talked about how you were at the Paramount Room and now and stuff, and it just like the progression of it. Um, but now you guys are doing like a bona fide film fest, right? Yes, yes. At the uh, end of August this month, on the 23rd and 24th, we are doing what we're calling A Weekend with Jeff. It's a Jeff Goldblum VHS film festival. Um, the very first show, because this is our two-year anniversary of VHS and Chill Public here in Oklahoma City, and when we started it, we did a night called An Evening with Jeff, and we showed two movies at the I.O. Gallery. We, had, we built the TV wall up there. We had TV-VCR combos on pedestals throughout the gallery, each showing a Jeff Goldblum movie, a different one. And uh, I figured two years later, it's, you know, where we're at now. Why not throw a film festival? So we've got live music. We were showing three Jeff Goldblum movies, uh, classics on VHS. We've got comedy shows from Four Banana uh okc comedy uh, we've got brad chad we've got the savoy trio which is a local jazz group um there's a, a youtube internet thing we're doing of, of jeff goldblum youtube movies it's it's actually a, a fan sub, or a film submission you know festival as well we're showing i've had people make little five minute short films and uh, we're still accepting submissions for that and uh, we're going to show them and give away awards uh, like official, you know, film festival awards, and uh, we're doing an art show for charity uh, for the, um, it's called the Rock and Roll Girls Club OKC. I think they did a thing here at the Tower just yeah, a month or so ago. Yeah, they did. A little uh, showcase. Yeah, their showcase they do. So we're we're, we're taking donations for them. Uh, the proceeds of some of the art, we all of the art we sell is going to go to them. And, um, I mean, we're it's just becoming a wild thing, and I'm super excited for it. Yeah, man, sounds like it was like seriously like the case of like a small spark becoming a huge flame. Like mm-hmm. you started this thing is like a thing that you like to do with your friends and just become like this larger than life thing almost. Like yeah. it's super tight though. It's like super organic though. Yeah, I my wife uh, will bring up or she'll talk about kind of like I do so much now and compared to how you like you said how it started and it's only been two years and we're here. And I, I'll I'll tell her imagine we're what we'll be doing in two years from now from four years from now. If I, like. Who knows what on earth I'll be up to then. That'd be cool, man. VHS shenanigans all across the city. <laughs> that would be tight. That would be really cool. But, yeah, man, um, it's just been such a long time of coming of, like, I've been wanting to have you on just because, like, we've had so much, like, crossover of, like, I don't know. It, it was always cool when you, I think you would randomly find, like, cool cartoon stuff and you'd be like, do you guys know anything about this? Like, it's just always fun. Like, that's one of the things I love about, and we were kind of chatting about it earlier. It was just, like, Everyone is always so willing to like 
collab and like add to what people are doing Absolutely. instead of like feeling like they have to take. And so that I love that. And it was just like, man, I always see you doing stuff. So I was just like, I got to get this motherfucker on here. <laughs> but yep. yeah, shout out to all the places you did Elk Valley. Um, Brian Grigsby, shout out to Brian. Yep. He's the man. The shows there are hilarious. Uh, it, it, those kind of fit the almost the blockbusted video too. Um, you know, we watch it. It, it, we watch what we call like a terrible movie, but they're fun. I think we right. did Ice Pirates a month or two ago. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the sci-fi film Ice Pirates. It no, is, I heard y'all talking about it's it. It's quite though. hysterical <laughs> and ridiculous. And, uh, it's good because it's bad. Yes, and that's what we do. Like, yeah. just so many bad movies. Um, but yeah, man, uh, you, I reached out and I was like pleasantly surprised to find that you were an anime fan. Oh, yeah. And that's very much like the through line of this show, you know. I, mm-hmm. I love talking about anime. Um kind of recently opened it to like a broader scope of like more animation mm-hmm. like kind of goes back to the thing of like talking about collabing with people is like i felt like i was excluding more people than i was including mm-hmm. and so including more animation all that does is like give us more stuff to talk about oh absolutely um i it was i, I when i was working at video update i had to be like 16 or 17 and my buddy got me onto anime he liked shows like the slayers he liked the comedy, anime comedy, and I didn't, that, that wasn't kind of my thing. <laughs> That's not my jam. Yeah, it's not my jam, but because I worked at the video store, and weirdly, it, Video Update had a big selection of VHS uh, dubbed anime, and I remember I watched Record of Lotus War. Oh, right. That whole series all the way through, and it blew my mind. I think uh, that might have been one that Robbie, we were talking about boys, mm-hmm. or I think he might have mentioned that he was a fan of that one. It's It was... And, the, and the, I've heard people talk about it in the years since, and they will complain that it's sword and sorcery, you know, usual. It's, you know, the ripoff. It's, you know, elves versus dwarves. Right. It's the same old, same old. The, the tropey the, thing. The night. Yeah, but the thing was, when I saw it, I didn't know those tropes. Right. I didn't know that existed. It's I, fresh. It was the first time I ever saw a dwarf, you know, and versus an elf <laughs> go at it. Like, I'd never heard of this stuff. So... There, and I hadn't read Lord of the Rings yet, you know, any of that stuff. So for me, it was amazing. Like, the wizards, the dragons, like, everything just blew me away. And, I mean, from there it just grew. Like, you know, then I got into the movies, Akira, um, anything they had, I would I would watch. Uh, just, just, and got into it and dug it and had this big collection of old VHS tapes. And uh, part of the thing I do now is I try to find those because I used to have such a big collection, but I sold uh. all, in me. Because of course, way years later, I had no idea I was gonna do this. I had everybody did that. Everybody yeah. did that with like their sixty fours, like their retro yep. games, and now all that shit's coming yep. back. It was Blockbuster Music. I think bought my VHS collection for two bucks a VHS, and I think I made out. They gave me like seven hundred bucks cash. Like, damn, I I brought box after box after box because DVDs came out. Right. And what I did with that seven hundred dollars is I went and bought as many as those on DVD as I could. Oh. Ended up having this huge DVD collection. Trying to just update your collection. Exactly. And the same thing happened when digital stuff came out. Like Walmart had that disc to digital voodoo, and I sold all my DVDs and Blu-ray and <laughs> converted it all to digital. And now. Back to VHS tapes uh, yeah. and laser Everything discs. comes full circle. Yeah, and, and, and like, beta. Like, I'll put Blu-rays, 4K Blu-rays, onto a VHS tape. Like, and I'll watch that instead and just get a kick out of it. Like, it kills me to do that. <laughs> it's just fun. Now, nah, man, it's funny. Yeah, a lot of stuff does come full circle. Mm-hmm. Like, how people are super into, like, vinyl now and stuff. Yep. 
I've got which, a big vinyl collection. <laughs> which, yeah, like, I don't have a huge collection, but yeah. it's, like, I love that. I like a lot of local bands are doing vinyl. I got Beach Language, the one that, the band that does our opening song, mm-hmm. uh, they recently came out with a new album, and I bought it on vinyl. Nice. And, yeah, it's cool, man. It's just cool. It, it's it's tactile, you know yeah. what I mean? It's oh, absolutely. Something about it being physically there. Oh, I, I love, I mean, the, I'm VHS oh, yeah, I mean, guy, I so have I mean, to tell yeah, you, exactly. goddamn. Uh, I did want to, I did bring you a little treat here today. I know, I saw that. You're like, uh, like, let's, let's wait. Let's put it on the show. <laughs> you want to put it on the show? <laughs> Obviously, it's a VHS tape, but it is from Cartoon Network, Turner, uh, Turner Studios, uh, demo tape that they made of a Harvey at Law or Harvey Birdman. What? Uh, it's got all the weird bumpers and stuff in front Whoa. of it, like studio work, work print kind of thing uh, that I got my mitts on. That uh, is so cool, dude. Just in my travels and from people I know. Man, and, that uh, is so tough. It's hey. it's crazy when and you it's pop got the it Turner in. thing on it and oh, everything. Yeah. Man, that is so throwback. Yeah, I find I have stuff. I, a guy, it was there's a guy that used to work for the newspaper, had me unload his garage and just gave me everything. And I had all kinds of weird screeners and like HBO pilots and pilots for NBC shows that I don't even remember that I don't even know if they got aired. Some like weird Steven Dorf cop pilot that I've never even what? heard of. And shout I've got Steven the, Dorf. Yeah, exactly. Steven Dorf shout out. And I've it's got Blade. That. It's crazy to find because <laughs> I run across all kinds of interesting people doing this. And a lot of them don't want to throw this stuff away, but they don't have any use for it anymore. And they're just like, you'll take it. And I'm like, that's yes. exactly what happened with like I before we even started recording, I brought you a, yes. a tape. It was a Close Encounters of the ah, Third Kind. I love it. It's like a director's edition or something. Why watch it in 4K or widescreen <laughs> when you've got a pan and scan VHS? Well, I appreciate Spielberg. this, man. This is really cool. <laughs> I enjoy. I, uh, it's cool when you like meet people like that that are like, I know this is cool for someone, and mm-hmm. I don't want to throw this away because I've had the same thing happen uh, with a friend of mine that like has had he had a connection with Cartoon Network, and he'll text me sometimes to be like, Do you want like these Cartoon Network coffee mugs with the original branding. Yes. I'm like, hell yeah, yes. dude. Like, I don't even drink coffee, but I want those. <laughs> so it's like, it's just really neat. And it's it's funny when people think of you with stuff like that. They're like, mm-hmm. I know, like, on the fringe that this person likes this to some extent. So I'm going to see if they want this. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like the VHS guy now. Yep. Like, yep. if I ever come across anything VHS, I'd be like, Hit me up. I'll, you know, I'm sure I've got a use for it. <laughs> I, I, people do. I, like people bring stuff to the movie theater and drop it off. Like just all kinds That's of awesome. random things. Like it's. <laughs> I'll come back from lunch and the guys will be like, "Oh, this dude brought this box," and I'm like, "Of what? <laughs> like a, a box?" That's like, "Oh, yeah, obviously it's full of GI Joe That's cartoons awesome. or Mega Man's or something." That's tight, and you're just too. like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> that is awesome. Um, well, that's cool. Me, I mean, yeah, you kind of talked about how your friend got you into anime, just like working at the video store. But mm-hmm. uh, tell me more about like when you're growing up, man. What was the kind of like what animation, what kind of stuff stuck out to you when you're growing up? Uh, I mean, like I said, that the, any of that stuff that I could get my hold on, and because I worked at the video store, I, I mean, I tore through the whole every tape that we had, and uh, there wasn't much on network TV. I mean, I think I got to watch. Samurai Pizza Cats. Oh man, that's uh, a throwback for sure. Ronin Warriors. I fucking with love the armor. Ronin Warriors. And I remember having so some tight. of the, the toys for those guys. So tight. That's like original run tsunami type shit. Yeah, right yeah. There. And uh I watched oh Robotech. I mean I yeah. I watched or Macros, you know, Macros, whatever you want to say. Yeah. I watched so much Robotech. I had the Jets, the the Zentradi guys, the toys, the fighters, like they put it on Netflix too. I was like, uh it's like one of those ones, like I I've done it with a couple of these that are like 
like you know generally lauded mm-hmm. and i'm like oh finally it's on netflix i'm gonna check it out mm-hmm. so like i did it with like a uh, speed racer so i was trying to watch original speed racer yeah and i was just like man this is hard to watch <laughs> exactly and i felt a little bit like that with robotech but it's just like i don't know it's like one of those things of uh I, it's the same way i feel about like ninja turtles mm-hmm. is that people that grew up in the 80s like have so much nostalgia and they love it yes and so i just i i don't connect with like the ninja turtles like that i'm like yeah. it's cool but like like i have a friend mike anderson he's like a huge fan he like loves it yeah but it's just like dude i, I don't have that nostalgia for it so it's like i feel bad almost like i'm oh, sorry man. i don't like as much as you do yeah bro. yeah I, that's <laughs> Uh, with with doing all this and all the people I run you know run across everybody likes other things and I'm always right. so cool you like what you like man enjoy it I like Ninja Turtles I dug it I had all the toys I would rush home from school to catch the three thirty on uh, TV Ninja Turtles when it came on <laughs> I saw in Tulsa the coming out of our shells tour uh, their live band that the, Ninja, that the Ninja Turtles did they they came through I've Dude, got they the, were making money off of that property oh, yeah. <laughs> I got the VHS tape of that I've got the cassette soundtrack of that with all the songs on it I've got the poster signed where it says Leonardo and you're just some random guy in a costume signed Leonardo on a poster <laughs> and uh, I mean Ninja Turtles I was all about GI Joe and Transformers not so much because they seemed almost like they're a little older. I mean, compared right. like that sweet spot of when I was watching cartoons. No, I mean that's I, a lot of it. A lot I of would it's catch like some of those. Your but entry point, like what age you were when mm-hmm. things came out. But I always, I always uh, went towards anime because I always liked the animation better than American animation. Well, it's just different. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. It's a especially the first time you see it, you're like, man, this is so vastly different. Because like, I remember me first watching anime, and like I'm always, you know, I, I say it probably every episode. I'm like the self-professed <laughs> basic bitch fan of anime. Yeah. And so just seeing Toonami and stuff like that, it was just, like, such a shock to me because, like, I grew up on straight-up, like, Hanna-Barbera type shit, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo, yep. stuff like that. And so it's just, like, such a, you know, like, rocks your world, especially with, like, narratives that continue outside of the episode. Exactly. You see a lot of, like, episodic stuff with, like, uh, it's really really prominent within American animation. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's a thing that's happening this episode and it's going to be resolved in 22 minutes. Yeah. But that's one of the cool things about anime. Like when I first got into it, it was like, you know, next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh shit. Like this isn't like over. Like, yeah, this is, it's going to keep going. Like, this is interesting. Like it was my, that, that kind of change stuck out to me making it made it really interesting to me. And so that, I think that's why that always really resonated with me. The same, man. Like, Record of Lotus Wars, it was a one big, long story that just, you know, they didn't finish anything in an episode. Like, Dragon Ball, I mean, it was this huge tale. And uh, it was so beautiful. Like, one of the, people may complain about some of the tropes of, of Lotus War, but it's always on, like, people's top lists of just gorgeous animation. Like, the anime, the, the scenes, the... The backgrounds, like everything, is just absolutely gorgeous. And and things, you, you then you'd watch, you know, you turn on Ninja Turtles, which you'd liked, but comparison wise, it's like one's almost practically a work of art. Every scene, right? And then you've got you know cartoon guys throwing pizzas <laughs> at each other and stuff, and you know fighting robots, foot soldiers, and the it, it quality just, is so much, yeah, it was it's such so a, different, yeah. And I I just and I love that. I got into movies. I remember seeing uh, Princess Mononoke. Uh, at Tinseltown, they did. I think it was when it was first released here. Wow! With that okay, American cool. cast that had like Billy Crudup and Claire Danes. It's a the pretty good cast. Billy Bob yeah, Thornton. Yeah, yeah, they were all in there, and we went. And I think we stood in line for that with a bunch of people, and you know, got to talk to people we never met and fans of the 
the genre and then the, and the Miyazaki, you know, I'd never even heard of the guy before Princess Mononoke. Oh yeah. The, the Japanese, uh, Walt Disney. Yeah. I don't know if he's an anti-Semite, but, <laughs> and then, you know, I had to go back <laughs> then I had to go back and watch all those, all those old movies and things that I'd never even seen or even heard of before, uh, Princess Mononoke. You just wanted more. You wanted, right. You saw it and you're like, there's more of this. Got that hit. Yes. I got that hit. Oh, yeah. Now I want to mainline yep. it. Yep. I'm fiending for it now. That's stuck on that since. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of things, um, and you'd mentioned a couple things that you're into that are tangential to anime. Mm-hmm. Um, things like X Men the animated series. Oh, yeah. So that is definitely an outlier when it comes to like something that I think of anime, like uh, American animation. I think a lot of that has to go back to that it's it's a, it's adapted much like anime from anime's adapted from manga. Mm-hmm. X Men is adapted from the comic book. Oh yeah. So it's like. It makes sense that there's like this this through line in these stories and like these interconnected like narratives and thing, things like that. And that that was an interesting thing about X Men the animated series. And I, also the the so intro good. was ridiculous. Oh yeah, it was bro. classic. You you could it stick with you forever. It's fucking hype. <laughs> I could hear that now and just be like just flipping tables over. Yes, exactly. I loved it. <laughs> that show. I mean, I was I I would just say I've been a Marvel fanboy since. I was, you know, could hold toys. I mean, my dad gave me his old X-Men combo collection when I was a little kid and uh, then went into the cartoon show, thought that was the greatest. And then the the movies started coming out and it, it, I was like, you know, these aren't going to do good, like X-Men, Spider-Man, like, you know, the kind of movies that were out at the time. And I was like, this isn't going to be a thing. But it's cool that we got a shot, you know, that, oh, they're making an right. X-Men movie. It was all right. You know, I was like, it's fun. Well, it's cool. It wasn't bad. And, exactly. And you're like, well, that's fun. That You know, it, it's over. You know, I got from cool Oklahoma that, to play Cyclops. Yeah, that was yeah. tight. You know, you get those <laughs> things and you're like, okay, so that's done. And you're like, it's over. And then, of course, you know, these are the things you would get picked on in school if they saw your Wolverine action oh, figure yeah. or your lunchbox with Cyclops on it or something. And now it's like the highest selling movies of all time, the biggest grossing Hollywood films are Marvel films and DC films and the, the everybody's a fan now. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh man, this is the stuff I got picked on yeah. for watching. And that now it's a bummer too, though, it, isn't it? You're it, like, oh, man. Why weren't those big when I was a kid? That right. would I can't, I couldn't wear a Captain America shirt to school, you know. <laughs> I know <laughs> you'd be like ostracized yeah. for sure. But now everybody's like, where'd you get it? That's cool. Like, <laughs> where I want one. Well, it's just like interesting to see the shift. Like, oh, you're yeah. exactly right, man. Like, it's so culturally accepted now mm-hmm. because before you, you nailed it it's like you're if you're watching anime like in high school middle school like Mm-mm. you're not especially high school yeah like, you're probably Mm-mm. not the cool kids i didn't and i didn't know it. it was just me and my buddy like i didn't know anybody else at school that watched that stuff that got into that like yeah uh, they just didn't have those those friends that it, it, like you said it just wasn't big and if it was they weren't telling anybody else either <laughs> no, for, it was like a closet it to thing. themselves like, oh, yeah. but they're not Better not let anybody find out I watched this. Yeah. Somehow everybody now was like, oh, I was watching Dragon Ball Z in the original run. Like, motherfucker, you didn't talk to me about it. <laughs> exactly. Now, all of a sudden, now you're coming out of pocket and you're a fan. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here. Yep. Now, I always like that. I, I love when people, um, you know, start liking a thing that I like. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, dude. Welcome to the welcome yeah. to the family. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I'm still waiting for Star Trek. <laughs> I'm a, a big Trekkie. I mean, it's, and it's, thing. you know, the, the new movies came out and they got really big and 
but it's never reached those, you know, Marvel Star Wars heights. Yeah. Do you like the J.J. Abrams? I did. I'm not one of those those purists. I have so many friends that are just like, I hated them. They're awful. Oh, they're, they're not my Kirk. They're not my Spock. And, you know, same thing with Enterprise and Discovery. And well, the shit's not highbrow, man. Like, I, but You know what I mean? I'm and, like, calm down. Yeah, and I support my fandom. So I, you know, I buy the products. I pay for the CBS All right. Access, even, you know, even though I don't hardly watch it except to watch Star Trek. The, uh, so the thing that I always say is I don't, I'm, I don't try to be like, I don't know, shitty about it but i'm just like <laughs> i let myself enjoy stuff exactly so i'm like not so critical of something that i'm like you know tuck myself into like that ah, i had a bad time because mm-hmm. this didn't fulfill every single expectation yeah. i had for this like dude that's yeah that takes so much fucking effort yes and it's like dude just chill like this movie was tight like, yeah and, and things like this star trek discovery it's not great it's okay it's star trek i like it it's fun it's and people like orville orville the show orville that was that just weirdly got canceled and put on Hulu, I think. Oh, or really? Something. Yeah, it's not on Fox anymore. That was a Seth MacFarlane one. Yeah, I, and, and people are like, that's the real Star Trek. That's like the old <laughs> Star Trek. And uh, I'd be like, well, I like that too as well. I don't just like one or the other. I'm well, okay yeah, with you it. don't put yourself in the box anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy all of that stuff. What do you think, uh, speaking of Star Trek, uh, do you see that people are trying to get uh, Tarantino to do the Star oh, Trek? I've been hyping that ever since he first said that on an interview. Uh he said his 10th film, would, uh, if they'll let him, would be Star Trek. And he's That's so crazy. written a script. Paramount accepted it. They're, they're sitting on it. I think the last Damn. I read, they're trying to make the money work. And it's, he said it's with the JJ cast is what Holy the shit. script is writ, wrote, wrote for or written for. And I know uh, they're still doing contract negotiations. So, I mean, it, it's a thing that could totally fall apart. And, of course, he can do something, whatever he wants. He can go do anything else. But there's, there's like this... There's a sweet spot that it this just might happen. Glimmer of hope. This glimmer of hope that Tarantino <laughs> and of course all my Star Trek friends are like, "Oh, that would be the worst thing ever." It would what be. are you talking and about? I'm That'd like, be amazing. And for Tarantino's last film to be a Star Trek film, like he said in an interview, like he did uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he right. said that was almost his opus. His, his, like it was a real thing he'd wanted to make forever. It really got a lot of stuff out that he wanted to do. It almost like finalized, you know, his kind of storytelling, like the stuff he does, the, the things he tells, and he said that. He re- he's never played in somebody else's sandbox. He's never used other people's characters, like you know, like Star Trek, like a like a you know, a, 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 what do you call it? Somebody else's IP. Like he really right. got into it. And Paramount's more than willing to let if Tarantino wants to weirdly direct a Star Trek film. They're like, <laughs> okay, sure, man, knock it yourself out. It would be out. an interesting. It'd be like all oh, the shit would be all out of order. Yeah, and and the <laughs> they were interviewing Simon Pegg, and he's almost like the keeper of the flame right now for Trek in in Hollywood. You know, he helped with all those movies and I think helped write the last uh, Star Trek Beyond. Some interview, they were asking him about Tarantino taking over, and uh, he was like, well, it's not going to be uh, Pulp Fiction in space. You know, oh, no way. <laughs> and then Tarantino later, they brought that up, and he's like, it's absolutely Pulp Fiction in space. He's like, I wrote the thing. 100%. It's, he's like, it's very much going to be Pulp Fiction if we do it. He's like, it's totally, it's all Tarantino. Like, well, I'd watch the shit out of me it. Me too. I would tell be you that first much. in line. I would love that. <laughs> great that's amazing it's like uh and yeah you you hope it doesn't end up in production hell like yeah it could all of course just fall apart and somebody right. can do something else but i mean there's just might it's just might, like might uh, happen. did you did you keep up with any of the stuff talking about like the uh live action akira that like dicaprio was attached to i mean I, yeah the stuff comes across and i read it and i and i just kind of like a ghost in the shell everybody got upset about right. scar joe's ghost in the shell I thought it was okay just as a sci-fi flick, like cool special effects, you know, you know uh, that cyberpunk look. I dig all that. I mean, 
if I if I want to watch Ghost in the Shell or get that vibe, I'll just watch the old Ghost in the Shell. Right. <laughs> it's not like I'm I'm super mad that it turned out the way it did. It, it's just to me they're just different things. It's yeah. not like because they made this new one, the other one doesn't just vanish. It's not like every copy of the old Ghost in the Shell just dusted like Thanos got it. Like just that's. <laughs> And that's how people think about it. Like, oh, this ScarJo goes to show ruined the franchise. And you're like, dude, that's, that's still right there. Yeah, what do you, you mean? Can, you can watch it, it right added now. to the franchise. You can watch the old one right now. Put it in. Have a good time. Well, a lot of people, like, it will bridge the gap for someone that may have never checked out the mm-hmm. anime. There would be like, an oh, anime? this is an interesting, like, story. Yeah. What, oh, there's like, a, there's, like, an animation to this? Oh, let's check it out. Yeah. So, like, I love, I love that kind of shit, like. If it brings more people into the family, mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, come on over. I feel that way about Trek. If if the people like <laughs> the flashy explosions and giant battles of Discovery, I mean, join us. You know, grab a, a Deep Space Nine Blu-ray, you know, or DVD. Like, watch it. Right Have on. fun. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely Ghost in the Shell is one that uh, always. I love when that comes up, and I love to hear people's perspectives on it. What was yeah. like your experience with the with that cartoon? The original. I loved it. I mean, yeah. it blew. It was one of those ones that just I would like go into regular rotation, like Akira, like that. Like uh, one later was Metropolis. Like oh yeah, yeah. I loved Metropolis. I loved the the weird style of it. It was so slick uh, and you know really cartoony, but also had everything that animes have. Like it was great. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was glad that the reception we um, we uh, screened uh, Ghost in the Shell, the first movie um, at Tower last year. Mm-hmm. And I was glad the reception was pretty good for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, people like it. It's a great flick. I, I still kick myself. Um, you know, you've heard of Alamo Draft House and yeah, yeah. Mondo uh, posters and stuff. They, they're all kind of together. They did a Mondo Con. I guess they do every year now in Austin. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, it's like a poster convention. That's very cool. Uh, with Alamo Draft House and everything. And their first, I think it was their first one I went to, the first one ever. Because the second one was the Rathacon, I think they called it or something. So I went to the first one, and they had a choice of movies. To watch, to get a ticket to see an original, like, uh, you know, film, you know, 16 millimeter or 18 millimeter, whatever, which, whichever, thir- is it 30 millimeter? Or the old film, the old film reels, something like that. I think it's 30. Um, the version of uh, Total Recall. Oh, and then you would get a surprise cool. poster that nobody had seen done by this great artist, or it was Ghost in the Show. What? And I like I just seen it or something that month on t- or watched it and I just had I, I was like oh, I haven't seen RoboCop and or not RoboCop but Total Recall in forever, so I went and watched the Total Recall and it was it was okay you know I was <laughs> I, for some reason I just went into that that day and then they give the poster and the poster you could not give it away like oh, really? it was. It was just a Martian landscape, like with a little tiny astronaut and a big logo, and it was and what? the and That's the go- and the Ghost in the Shell poster that they and they all got it for free. It was like this metallic hologram, like amazing, what? glorious thing that I think sells for thousands of dollars on eBay if you try to buy one now. Which the Total Recall you could probably get for twenty bucks yeah. from somebody. You were like, "Damn, I fucked I, up." I picked, I picked the wrong one, man. <laughs> I, I, I was like, "Dang, that was a." Sweet well, I mean, poster. how you supposed to know, you know? Yeah, I mean, and I was, as I, I was in the poster game for a little bit and uh, was a big collector. And when you're in like a, a thing like that, a poster game, you collect that, you collect vinyls, you, whatever you really get into. Some people do like movie props and stuff. Um, you always have your, your holy grail. You're like, oh, man, if I could ever get a copy of this, like, then I'm, then I'm done. Like, I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't need anything else. And I just ran across a guy a perfect timing and everything and got my holy grail poster and uh 
like had it professionally framed and lights on it and everything. Like it's this glorious Jurassic Park poster they did at a secret screening and at of uh, at Alamo Drafthouse way back in like years and years and years ago uh, by this amazing artist. And and then I just stopped because I was like I I've peaked. I, I and it was like barely like a year or two into my like collecting, and I was like. I, and put everything in the flat file, like all the collection just kind of sitting there, <laughs> sold some of them. And then I was just like, I, I see some, sometimes things come across my way and I'm like, ah, you know, I, I don't want to get back into that, you know, right. <laughs> cause it's, I, and I collected movie props for a little bit, but cause I wanted to get Star Trek stuff cause they were doing a lot of auctions around a certain time. And I realized I do not make uh, Star Trek fan prop money. <laughs> like, I think I ended up with like. Uh, you know, a plastic thing that was on a wall and a cardboard thing that was there. like nothing. nothing. You've got, just, yeah. Yeah. You've got the, the Star Trek po- uh, prop taste, but you've got the yeah. the total recall poster money. <laughs> exactly. So I feel you. And I, <laughs> I think the only prop I have left is a, a spear from the movie Immortals uh, that Henry Cavill, when they were like got oh, great right, gods and right, stuff. Right, right, right. I have a big wooden spear with a rubber you know, that's cool. rubber and cool though. And I, I, that's the one thing, cause I had a bunch of judge dread props, uh, from the Stallone one. I had a whole setup, what? sold all that stuff, which I'm kicking myself for now, of course, cause I should have kept the judge dread stuff and sold the immortal spear. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, you just kind of got to, there, there were things that were beyond my reach there. Right. But well, v- you did, uh, <laughs> with VHS tapes, those, I can buy boxes of those. That's for what I was going to say. <laughs> Not you've got your you've got your new passion now, so it's okay. Very much, yes. <laughs> well, you say, and you mentioned uh, speaking of the, um, you know, referencing back to the Jeff Goldblum thing mm-hmm. that you had. Did you have like a jacket or something that? Yeah, I from, got uh, Jeff Goldblum that he wore. I bought the jacket that he wore in the movie Into the Night with him and Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, and I I have that's one of the movies we're showing at the oh right the, the yeah. Jeff Goldblum Film Festival because a lot of people haven't heard of that movie. It's this old Goldblum film from the eighties. David Bowie, I mean, is in it as a British assassin. Like, it is a wild flick. But I did get the jacket he wore in that film. Like, it's, you can see, I've, it's been verified. It's from the studio. Like, and then when you look at it, just from pictures of the movie, I mean, it's this corduroy jacket that he wore. It's got the little tag in it and the size and the studio thing and the, the numbers and Jay Goldblum on it and all that stuff. And That's so tight. And I ended up, oh, God, I put it on a mannequin that I got at the thrift store. And then, of course, when you're doing that, you just can't have a jacket on a naked mannequin. So you you look at the outfit, he's in the movie, and then you just buy kind of a pair of slacks, a shirt, you know, to to kind of match it up. Round it out, Yeah, baby. round it out. So then you've got this <laughs> nice dressed mannequin, dressed like Jeff Goldblum with no head because it's just a, a, a mannequin. And so, of course, at that point, you know, I've got three or four uh, Jeff Goldblum cardboard cutouts, you know, as people, you know, have. So took the head off of that, put it on the mannequin. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah. Uh, so and and it's not weird. Some people might think it's weird, but we're bringing them to the. We're gonna bring them to the show. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah, for the show, we're bringing them to the show. Uh, <laughs> but we that cardboard cutout. We took him out on a night on the town a year ago. I mean, we took him. I think it was when Thor Ragnarok came out. We bought him a ticket. We put him in a seat. We took him to Dave and Buster's. Played games. We took him to the. Oh, the, uh, what's that? Uh, the pump. We took him to the pump. pump. Yeah. People were buying him shots uh, for Goldblum. <laughs> like, they were, he had this table just full of drinks, and it was just a cardboard cutout. That's hilarious. We took him all over town and just had a ball with him. It was hilarious. That's just, isn't that, and that's so, like, what we've been saying about, like, you just happen to take this thing, and like, yeah. people were like, hell yeah, brother, yep. like, this is tight. Yep. At Dave and Buster's, we were putting them on the game. People games. jumping on it, man. Yeah. People love it. 
put them on dance dance the dance dance game and, and <laughs> people were playing against them like other people we didn't know like oh can i jump in we're like dude see if you can beat them like go for it <laughs> that's hilarious dude but yeah man um you, you kind of nailed it earlier talking about um you know how you're not necessarily like the cool kid like, when you're watching anime <laughs> not but up. in a way um and that's always been the three line of the show is that we always talk about music and anime because in a way, music is kind of regarded in that same way. Like, if mm-hmm. you're not listening to the popular shit, what everybody else is listening to, then they're you're, they're kind of like, what the fuck are you? Like, yeah. Why are you into that weird music? Exactly. So that's why I love to talk to people about the things they were into when they were growing up, you know, because it's such like a, an, uh, an important time of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, talk about that, man. What, what was the kind of shit that you were listening to growing up, maybe when you're getting to high school, getting See, your own taste, stuff like that? That's the thing. What The way I grew up, my parents did not listen to music. Oh, like, okay. I, like people, I love hearing stories about people that talk about they grew up in a house with music. Their right. parents always had something, their favorite songs. They go to the bed, they see them live. You know, they take the kid <laughs> to see, you know, Iggy Pop or somebody like way back in the day. And they have all these great memories with their folks of doing all this stuff. And I mean, my folks were great, but they just weren't, they didn't like, they didn't listen to music. Yeah. Or if they did, it was never around <laughs> us as our, the kids. And we grew up listening to talk radio. I mean, it was. Uh, focus on the family it was Rush Limbaugh it was that that's just what they listened to <laughs> so the only way I got music and popular culture music we didn't listen we weren't allowed to listen to the radio you know the the secular stations and ah. stuff oh yeah I was a Christian say, school boy say no more yeah yeah I'm went, familiar yeah, I've been to Falls Creek yep, so. yeah same here and uh <laughs> so we couldn't listen to any of that stuff and just growing up movies was how I got oh right on my yeah. song so I would hear a great and I would always associate with that movie like I would be talking to somebody and be like you know, the Jackie Chan Super Cop soundtrack had this great song. And that's how I heard this 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 band or this artist. And it would always kill people because, one, it was either they're really old stuff or just it was never right around what was, you know, I didn't know what was popular. Like the new shit. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, not at all. So, I mean, I would talk to somebody about like, oh, there's this great song, like, let it be. And, and they're like... <laughs> The Beatles. I'm like, yeah, dude, it was on this movie. It was really cool. Where this guy was like, you know, falling and down a mountain, and they're just like, that's like, the are you Beatles. With me, they're like the Beatles. <laughs> I was like, yeah, whoever they are, they're cool, right? And they're like, what? And I would just have it would be anything with any you know any band. I really I come up, I talk to my friends about it, and they're just like, yeah, dude, that's the Beach Boys. That's like, a thing. That's a thing. You should probably there's like there's more of them. Like they have more songs. Well, I thought they, it was uh, just you'd think it was a one hit yeah. wonder because you've only heard one song ever of. <laughs> The Beatles, and you're like, they made more? And people are like, like, I had this huge disconnect with music till I got way older. Well, that's, uh, you're not the first person (laughs) that I've had on that has been like, no, like, we never listened to music growing up. Mm -mm. And it's just, it's interesting to me, and I love hearing those stories because, like, it's it's so different than what I had, you know what I mean? Because, like, my mom not only listen to music but like a huge variety of music yeah. she's from she she grew up in mexico awesome and so she loves like you know all the traditional like the mariachi type stuff selena yeah but then she's like a huge fan of like phil collins there you go and scorpions sure. and like That's awesome all this random shit like guns and roses hair metal like she mm-hmm. loves all that shit that and is awesome she's a huge fan of like tupac and like all this rap so it's like i don't know i kind of like uh credit her for giving me like I have a, I have a very like wide variety like a, a big like variety of taste in music like, yeah I like a lot of different type of stuff yep and I think it's just because like when I grew up I heard everything like there wasn't one thing where it was like this is what we like we only listen to country which yeah is fine like my I I can't I mean I gotta <laughs> fuck with country I live in Yukon yeah, exactly. you know what I mean like 
I'm a Hyundai in a sea of uh, F-150s. <laughs> but you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's it, it's cool to hear people's different experiences because it's like, man, we we grow up and now like I find people that I have stuff in common with. Like mm-hmm. we're friends just because like we like the same shit. Yeah. But then to find out that we had such a like completely different like you know time cr- growing up, it's just oh, like it's absolutely. really interesting to me. Yeah, and and the thing is with because like you said about a r- wide range of music, like I would hear. You know, a rap song in this kind of movie, a country song in this kind of movie, a song like the Beatles in another movie. So I also just kind of liked everything and anything. Like, I didn't right. have a specific one I liked. I mean, the first CD I ever owned, a music CD, when those started, this, again, how old I am, when the <laughs> CDs started coming out. Um, the, I, the only thing I had that could play a CD was my Sega CD. Because you can listen to music on oh, Sega man. CDs. Yeah. And I had one of those. And I remember I went and bought my very first CD, and it was the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. <laughs> That was my first <laughs> album, CD album I ever What was owned. on there? Let's, uh, look it up. Let's see if we can look uh, it up Blo- on the fly. Is it the Bloodhound Gang, uh, Crash Test Dummies. Um, I'm trying to think. And because I, I remember I, I really liked that movie, and I loved the soundtrack. And, of course, I would go to the store, the record store, and I'm not looking at the popular music or who's out or anything. I just go for the soundtracks because that's what I knew. And I grabbed Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> and, I, and it even got stolen out of a friend's car. What? Who borrowed it? And the dude bought me another copy to replace that's it. So that's the and I still have <laughs> that copy of Dumb and Dumber soundtrack on CD. All right, I got I got it pulled up here. Gosh. See what kind of stuff we got on here. Crash test dummies Crash for dummies, sure. Yep. Uh, what else we got? Butthole surfers. But that's who I was thinking of. Butthole surfers. Man, I really don't know the proclaimers. Yeah, a bunch of nobodies. I was gonna say I was like reading through. I'm like, man, do I? Am I just like? Because sometimes there's like, I don't know if you probably have this too, where it's like. A really common band, but mm-hmm. like you don't know it, Mm-mm. so you're like, people are like, "What the fuck? You don't know that?" Like, yeah. So it's just like I felt like that was happening to me just now. I was like, "Shit, do I, am I supposed to like?" No, know these they're people? nobody. They're they're. I mean, they're one hits. They're how funny. And a lot of the soundtracks <laughs> I would have, like, people would go through when I started driving around in a car with the CDs when I was like 16 and stuff and 17, and people would flip through my because we all had the big CD cases in our cars back right. then, and they'd flip through my CDs, and it was, you know, Dumb and Dumber. It was the God, Super Cop. I like Jackie Chan movies, so I would buy his stuff. It's the uh, Bullworth soundtrack. They were all these weird soundtracks that <laughs> they're like, "You got any regular ass CDs?" Yeah, motherfucker? And, and I didn't. I, it was all these weird <laughs> soundtracks that I like. The Super Mario Brothers soundtrack was in there on CD. Jesus, like all, and it was <laughs> the, the the John Leguizamo one. Yeah. My God, it was because I liked like one song on it, so I would get the CD. And this is, you know, <laughs> I didn't have Napster. I couldn't just get one right. song. You had to buy the whole CD if you wanted that, or try to catch it on the radio. But I didn't <laughs> listen to the radio, so I would have to buy the whole album <laughs> for that one is so song. Funny man. Yep, and that's and uh, you know I got older and finally you know started listening to the radio and music and finding my own tastes and and again still stuck with movie things and. You know, I think we talked to, or talked a little bit on the email. Like, now it's gone all the way to 80s synthwave. Anything that, you know, fits in that 80s genre, the, the pop, the popular stuff from back then. And, uh, you know, like, I'm just deep into synthwave. Well, right I was now. just going to say, it's <laughs> funny because, like, I never, I don't know if it was something I would have learned about if I hadn't started doing the show because from guest one, Mike Allen, mm-hmm. the first person I ever had on the show. He was telling me about vaporwave. Yes. And there's this thing, like this whole like, like movement, basically, like this whole like. Oh, I love it. Genre, 
And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I've never heard of this. I can listen to that stuff all day. And so, yeah, like, you, one of the bands you mentioned was, like, one of his favorite bands, The Midnight. Oh, I've, as soon as those tickets went on sale here for The Tower. Hey, he was here, yeah. yeah I bought, or it hasn't passed yet. Not it? yet. It's September. September. It's coming up September. Okay. I bought the VIP tickets as soon as they went on sale. I was bugging Steven about it. I was like, yo, man, <laughs> can I get a, can I get an access code? Can I get something, like, <laughs> early? And he's like, no, man, just wait till they go on sale on it. As soon funny. as they did, it was, uh, I'm so hyped about that. So excited. It was really neat. Mike was the first person to ever tell me about them. Mm -hmm. They're great, man. But yeah. what was cool is like this, this roundabout cool connection. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show yet, but there's this really cool like roundabout connection with, um, not specifically the midnight, but mm -hmm. the guy that's opening for the midnight, um, Flamingosis. Okay. Um, we, so I started branching out and randomly talking, like, and messaging people that were composers on cartoons I liked. Mm -hmm. And the first composer we ever had on the show was Jim Lang. He did the soundtrack for Hey Arnold. Okay. And so it was a, show, a cartoon I really liked yeah, growing yeah. up. It was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. But he, um, he had a track um, from one of, the, one of the tracks he did for Hey Arnold was flipped and remixed by Flamingosis. Nice. And so when we had Jim Lang on, yeah. I was like, hey, like, it, but, you know, when we were prepping, I sent him that, that mm -hmm. link. I was like, hey, check this out. Like, we're going to talk about it on the episode. Mm -hmm. And so it was just kind of interesting to talk to him about, like, hey, what did you think about, like, the way That's that this cool. guy, like, flipped your thing? Yeah. And he was just like, dude, like, I didn't even know that this happened. Like, <laughs> and it's cool because, like, that, like, Jim Lang stuff really doesn't have that many hits on YouTube mm -hmm. or anything. <laughs> but this Flamingosis track has, like, millions of streams. That is awesome. And everyone in the comments is like, oh, my God, this Jim Lang. Like, Jim Lang from Hey Arnold. Like, that is cool. So everyone's, like, talking about Jim Lang and mm -hmm. this thing under Flamingosis. And now Flamingosis is coming. So oh. I'm like, man. And so I thought it would be kind of cool to talk to – maybe try to talk to him when he comes. Yeah. And talk to him about Jim Lang. That would be awesome. Be like, dude, like, I talked to Jim Lang about your <laughs> remix. <laughs> That's and, like, cool. show him maybe what Jim Lang said about it, like – I don't know. I just thought it was so meta. It was just like, what is? That what is. are the chances that this roundabout connection, yeah, you know, comes to fruition that he happens to be opening on this at the same the same place mm -hmm. that we recorded with the guy that lives in California that did yeah. the soundtrack that he remakes. Like, that is cool. I don't know. It's just like things like that. I'm like, what are the fucking chances? Yeah. Of that? That and so rad. that was kind of a trip. Uh, Mike, super hype about that show. The mid for the oh, midnight. Well, I'll so. have to meet him, fellow yeah. fans. Yeah, man, it I sounds pretty guys. cool. So it was just like interesting that you happened to mention that, like, yeah, uh, the whole vaporwave thing, because it's like you're not the first person to mention no. it. And it's just like, but I had no idea it was a thing, man. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been giving the midnight guys uh, crap on Twitter for like two years now. Uh, anytime they did a a tour, I'm like, hey, I'm sure you guys are just flying over Oklahoma. We're we're down here. Like I'd wave it, you know, be like, come on, you guys gotta come. You guys need to stop in Oklahoma. Like we want you guys here. And they were like, oh, man, I wish, you know, maybe one day we can. And I was, and I'm, I even told them, Tower Theater's the place. You guys got to oh, do Tower shit. Theater, like, hashtag, or at Tower Theater, like this. And I would tell Steve, like, Steven, you guys have got to get together and make Ooh, this happen. That's so cool. Uh, I, and I'm sure it happened just on its own, but I was just like, as soon as they announced that, I mean. You were like, I did this. No, no. It's just I'm like, I did, again, I didn't even <laughs> care. I just want, I, it was happening, and that's all right. I needed to know. And right I on. knew where I was going to be <laughs> that night, everything. 
can wait. Every no shows, no nothing. I will be there. Like, that probably had to feel cool though. That, oh, yeah. that you had said something and then it happened. I mean, yeah, I've been bugging. <laughs> the, I've been bugging those guys forever. I was like, you've got to come to Oklahoma. They just they would just pass us every time. That's such every a bummer, city man. all around us. We're getting we're getting some good shows. There's oh, there's yeah. been a thing that hasn't happened in a while to me, or hasn't happened to me really. Like we would get some good shows back when I was in high school. Like this this real specific genre of like music I was into, we would get shows for that genre. Mm-hmm. But anymore, there's like multiple, there's been a lot of times where it's been multiple shows on the same night where I'm like, dang, which show should I go what to? What do you choose? And that's tight. Yeah. Like that's a cool like conflict. That is like, a good co- dang, problem Dang, there's to too have. many good shows. Like <laughs> exactly. what am I going to go to tonight? Like exactly. that is tight. Yeah, Tower Theater has a lot of great shows. The music-wise, it's bangers, been amazing. Man. Yeah, I've seen bangers. some great shows. Less Than Jake's coming up. That's going to be tight. So yeah. there's there's been a couple ones I've been keeping my eye on. Flying Lois would be tight. <laughs> um, man, I, I told you about this thing earlier. I wanted to make sure that we uh, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, talking about VHS and, like, you know, you've collected for so long. Um, I was trying to find, like, something cool of, like, extra rare like special vhs's mm-hmm. of uh like people that people are like looking for or, mm-hmm. or, or, or like um sought after yeah and so i want to talk to you about this top 10 list that i found i sure. can't even think of where i found it but uh i wanted to talk to you about these and see like i don't know like if you have some of them or if you're like if it's one where, where you're like man yeah i'm looking for that okay like, and so yeah um this is top to the list i found so number 10 um and i think this is i think the list is based on like um, the ones people are like willing to pay a lot for. Okay. So number ten, um, Song of the South. Are you familiar with that one? I am. Yes. Um, I actually found a copy of that at a thrift store. Are you serious? And I, I gave it to a friend. They this, have a Japanese edition of it yeah. too. And I was like, what the fuck? This was the UK VHS because I don't know if it was even released in the US. Uh, a UK had a release of it, and I found one of those at a thrift. There were two of them side by side. What? In a thrift store. And I remember my friend really, she really, really loved, had a great time watching that as a kid. And she, you know, something you can't hardly get a hold of. I mean, unless you're digging around on the internet or right. whatever. But, and I just gave her that VHS and just made her day. I was like, yeah, that's here, awesome. You know, take it. It's like, like the, the case of like people not knowing what they have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the things I found just um, in thrift stores. But yeah, they have like a little, little description with each one on mm-hmm. this list. So it says, zippity doo da zippity day. <laughs> Yep. Give me two hundred and be on your way. Yeah, that's how this song this song went in this half live action, half animated Disney film. In any case, that's how much a copy of this film will cost <laughs> if you wish to relive it on VHS as it was originally released. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting, man. People selling out two hundred bucks for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine, Let It Be, the documentary, the Beatles documentary. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I if. I wouldn't know that that well, was hell. A you rare didn't one. even know the Beatles. Well, no, I, I've I've run across <laughs> lots of Beatles tapes, like the anthology VHSs. You find kind of everywhere. It's this big box set, and you find pieces of that right. all over the place. Never together. Like I've never found one all together. But I didn't know, you know, if if there was a Let It Be, like if it was rare yeah. or not. Yeah, um, it says Let It Be is a documentary made about the recording of the Beatles' final album release. That's cool. Not the last one recorded. That was Every Road Nerd Fact. Mm-hmm. That's this guy's yeah. description. So if it's weird shit, it's this guy. <laughs> The Beatles are the biggest band of all time, loved by most fans of popular music. And while not their biggest album, any fan would be fascinated by a documentary of this type. That's cool. Given that they were active during this era of vinyl uh, and VHS, perhaps the $100 price tag is the biggest surprise on this list. Yeah. 
I think this was a longer list too, but I just took the top ten. <laughs> uh, number eight, don't open the window. Mm-mm. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Uh, the horror movie is very common among VHS collectors. There are a litany of B movie and the B movies in the horror genre, which garner cult status while yep. failing to go into major circulation, meaning that years after release, the demand copies can be quite high, especially if they're looking for a video copy. That's why a film like the European science fiction horror flick Don't Open the Windows valued at $1,000. <laughs> we don't know what's spookier, the film or the price tag. Yeah, I there are so many of those weird little B-movies. That I was just about to say. They never got uh, put in, They never got into DVD. They never got distributed like that. They only had that VHS run, and they're not on streaming. They're not on, you know, there might be some hidden copy of it on, like, Torrent or something you could find. But, right. yeah, for if there, there's so many of those weird little movies that go for prices like that. Is like a like a rare thing or like a one-off thing? Like, I mean, it's I, not readily available. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, none of this stuff. I mean, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go hunt, because you know, I there are things I I hunt for myself and things that I, people hit me up for. Like, hey, can you find me a copy of this? Like, I'm doing a thing with this. I need this. Like, uh, one of the guys here uh, was it John Solders? How do you John say? Souders. Yeah, he was looking for a copy of. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the TV show. Oh, I've never heard and, of that. And uh, he was looking for it for something he's working on, and he hit me up to try and find a copy because he, he couldn't find a good one. And I had three episodes, but not the one he wanted of on course. my wall in the of garage. Course. <laughs> and uh, But I went and tracked one down for him and got it and brought it over to him, and he was, it was great. And right on, up man. With That's it, awesome. Um, I've seen, like, I don't know if it's something, like, uh, unique to, like, horror movies, but that was a thing that I was looking up because, like, I was trying to find some, like, cool stuff that we could talk about, mm-hmm. like, some VHS. And I, yeah. I told you I'd been kind of messing with these list things mm-hmm. on these episodes. And uh, it seemed like there was, like, a bunch of, like, horror genre movies that had, like, really cool, like, box sets oh, or, yeah. like, a cool, like, case and stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's that's so interesting. But I think the fandom with horror is so, like, next level. Oh, it's, it's why they were doing that. It yeah. is still, and especially VHS collectors, there's a lot of things. There, well, I'm, I want to see if one's on the, this okay. list. Keep going. There, that right, I have cool. found that's a good horror one. Uh, the next one is Demons. Okay. You know that one at all? Not just the, the generic title like that. I'm not uh, reading it, though. It says, another cult horror flick here and another European one to boot. Mm. This 1985 action horror Splatfest had, among other things, a huge number of mid-'80s glam metal bands such as Accept, nice. Motley Crue, Billy Idol, and Saxon, among others, only adding to the Spookfest. However, if you want to rock out to the wild tunes <laughs> and spooky imagery on screen, be willing to dish out upwards of $700 for a VHS copy. Dang. Billy Idol may have identified as a rebel, but he's still a rebel who wants his royalties paid in full. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of funny, actually. I yeah, thought I like some that. of these might be kind of corny, list, but yeah. some of these are actually kind of funny. No, I haven't heard of Demons, huh? Uh, that was number seven. I may have to look that up. Uh, number six, Journey into the Beyond. Uh, narrated by John Carradine, this was a controversial film which was received in a similar fashion. Still, given the small but intense core of conspiracy theorists <laughs> and those who believe in the supernatural, it honestly doesn't surprise me that a video copy of this goes for a hundred or a thousand, uh, oh, a thousand euros. Oh, okay, Dang, probably was, even more. Yeah, exactly. Some of these are so funny. I'd wondered if you knew about some of these because, like, a lot of these, I'm like, I've never heard of that. In yeah, my life. I mean, some of them I had not that one. Haven't heard of that one. Uh, Number five, Nightmare Maker. Uh, perhaps of all the films we've discussed so far, this one is, has the strangest premise of all. A jilted woman be- becomes fascinated with her nephew, whom she is raising as her own son. It's already so, so dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally enough, when her pride and joy starts bringing girlfriends back to the house, the jealous aunt begins 
begins disposing of them one by one. Yikes. The price of this, of being scarred for life, $300 on VHS. Wow. Next time, just don't watch this kind of thing. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, okay. This one is, was an interesting one that I was, like, excited to get to. Uh, so this one's WCW, the Great American Bash from 1986. Yes. Uh, do you do do you find like a lot of wrestling stuff, or do I, you collect that at all? I have found a lot of it, and I I usually will pass that on to like people I know that are into that. Like I don't keep any of it. Right. Um, I also try not to before I try not to throw these things away anyway. I mean, because there's things I don't even you know I don't right. want, I don't collect I don't want to save I don't because a lot of these you know I've I kind of preserve a bunch of them I have them all in a storage shed. Uh, not all of them. I have a bunch in a storage shed and tubs, air conditioned, you know, storage shed to keep as long as you can, you know. But things like that, like the wrestling stuff, I never really got into. But I know people to hit up if I've come across something right. that looks weird and old, and I'm like, hey, dude, is this worth anything? This Do you want this? It's a go-to. Yeah, thing. man. Uh, the description on this one: filmed over 30 years ago, this pay-per-view contained a host of classic wrestlers, including the Road Warriors, Stephen Regal, and the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> It didn't have that. I just added a little flavor there. While not the most star-studded or popular era in the wrestling promotions, or era in the wrestling promotions, it's still a fascinating slice of history for fans. That being said, while we could see some fans splashing out a fair bit of cash for a copy, the estimated price tag of four thousand nine hundred and fifty is just outrageous. That's. I'm like, how are they coming up with the price? I guess it's like the rarity of things and stuff like that. And when it, because I mean, I sold a lot of stuff on eBay for a long time. I need to probably sell more, but, uh, and the thing is a lot of that just comes down to what people pay for it. The right you know, price you, is what someone will you, pay. You put it up for a thousand dollars, you get no takers. You put it up for 900, you put an eight at some, now somebody buys it for 800. You just, now when people look it up, they're going to go, Oh, it's an $800 VHS tape. When it was just some rando fan that root like didn't right. even, and had the money and just was now. like, buy it now. Like <laughs> those prices and they can go up and down. Like, the Disney Diamond uh, clamshells is is a whole that thing. may or may and not the, be on here. The, is is a whole thing on the VHS collectors because everybody's like, oh, it's five thousand dollars for a copy of this Little Mermaid, you know. But thing is, but you can find I could find ten of those in an afternoon here in Oklahoma City for fifty cents or or less each, the exact same tape. And so P, what's funny about those is like, and I was pretty guilty of this too. Is like I always thought, oh man, these are like. Good finds. Mm-hmm. But it's like, those are super common. Yeah. And, and, and we have, like, a lot of classic Disney stuff. People try to sell me that stuff. They're like, hey, I know you're the guy. <laughs> you're the VHS guy. And I'm like, yeah, what do you, you know, what do you got? And, oh, I've got boxes of Disney. I'm like, I'm not interested. And then I'll just <laughs> stop right there. They're like, well, Little Mermaid Aladdin. I'm like, dude, I'm not. I, I, I think I would used to say I don't, I don't deal in Disney. I oh, would yeah. say I just don't deal in Disney. Hey, man, that's, that's not your thing. That's not my thing. Like, some people might be looking for that stuff. I don't, I have... <laughs> Maybe six on a shelf, you know, of, of the old ones, but no, it's not. But people will try to sell them for right. so much. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, you're in the top three now. Uh, number three, Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks. That just sounds awesome. Uh, aside from being a terrible concept that rips off the original premise of the story, the first story, Castle of Freaks is also a diamond in the collection of anyone <laughs> fortunate, uh, fortunate enough to own a copy. Estimated at a whopping estimated at a whopping $1,700. It'd be worth resurrecting your old copy and giving it new life on eBay. I can't fucking read, man. I'm (laughs) stumbling over my goddamn words here. That is so interesting. I didn't think about, like, the price gouging. Like, if people... Oh, yeah. People going on, and for one reason or another, like, to buy it now on eBay, Mm -hmm. and then people, like, 
like tacking that on. Like, oh, well, that VHS is now valued at that amount. Yep. I didn't know it was a thing. So it is. Th- thanks for the insight on it that. It is, and they'll go up and down and never hesitate to, if somebody says best offer, like that dude could have been trying to sell that tape for six months, and if you're like, dude, I'll give you 30 bucks, he might just be like, I just want to get rid of it, you know, and, and make the deal. I know the most I've ever paid for a VHS tape. I'm going to wait till oh, you get okay. to the end of this, and because uh, some of those prices are just bananas. I'm not even close to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, Lamora, the Lady Dracula. Also known as Lamora, a child's tale of the unnatural. This story is about Leela, a wholesome girl raised by a reverend. She's rescued from a gang of vampires by a mysterious woman named Lamora, who, spoiler alert, turns out to be a vampire <gasps> herself. Oh, no. Worth 900 euros. Yeah. And receiving mixed reviews from critics, unlike many on this list who are totally lambasted. <laughs> Be sure to give this a second viewing before you drive a stake through your collection's heart. Wow. And number one. Number one. Can you guess? Gonna guess it's a Disney. That's a good guess. Okay. Can you guess what title? Little Mermaid. No. Aladdin. It's gonna be Beauty, Beauty and the, the Beast. Beast. It's Black one of Diamond them. Yep. Edition. Which you can find. <laughs> that is so funny. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So not only that, or what does it say? Beauty and the Beast is one of the most popular classic Disney mm-hmm. films. Not only that, it is by far one of the most acclaimed, even getting a Best Picture nomination at the 1992 Academy Awards. So how much does this piece of animated art sell for on VHS? $5,000. And see, that's probably from one sale right. on eBay. And, and who knows if that was real. If see, that I didn't wasn't. know that. That's so interesting. Yeah, because the thing is, with if you look at that list and kind of compare the movies, there's a difference between one of the highest grossing animated films and most popular films, and then all this weird, obscure stuff. Right. I mean, that mean, Beauty and the Beast, they made millions of those on VHS. There's no rarity to that. I know, that's why I'm like, what? So many of those that they <laughs> sold. It wasn't like it was a hard-to-find tape, and it's still not a hard-to-find tape. That's so funny. The, the stuff I get into when it comes to collecting for, you know, if I'm not going to use it for something or – because I, I collect for all kinds of different reasons, certain kind of VHS tapes, but the stuff I like to keep for me personally, I like – weird modern releases on vhs like a kickstarter where one of the the goals is they're going to release you know 10 copies on vhs to people that you know like there's a movie turbo kid that was real popular oh yeah i remember turbo i've got kid. The, the kickstarter i was on the kickstarter and got one of the original vhs you know from that original kickstarter like i love that tape i will jump in on anybody that's doing that there's a one called commando ninja which is a hoot of a movie got it on vhs because and they just released it on a kickstarter this year there's uh things they really promo vhs tapes i love to get my mitts on like this year that transformers movie bumblebee that just oh came yeah, out. yeah i got my hands uh, as an april fool's joke they sent copies to press of bumblebee on vhs and it's not never released since what? never That's released so cool. and i knew a guy in texas and he was like bro you want this and i'm like i will give you money for that like you're so, like hell yes so i have bumblebee on vhs i've released a hollywood new movie and the thing That's is crazy. it's it's set to, they edited it to pan and scan and they put it on the tape like it's dude you gotta show it's, that it's like a little trick and lots of studios have been doing this lately as vhs becomes more popular i mean i've got ready player one from comic-con on VHS from I saw Warner you Brothers, post about that on Instagram. signed by uh, Ernest Klein, the author and stuff. But the one I paid the most for, and was a very good investment because it is worth far more now. Oh, okay. Was I bought? Uh, it, was, it had to be. Well, it was when the first Deadpool movie came out. It was Deadpool 
because they did they did an April Fool's joke. They did of uh, Deadpool being on VHS and and Laserdisc. I think they did a joke. Wow, they didn't Laserdisc. release, but they didn't release it. It was just oh, a okay. joke. But during San Diego Comic Con, I think it's like 150 copies. Ryan Reynolds was signing it at, at a booth and giving away to people. And uh, whenever Comic Con happens, as a giant nerd like me, I'll be on eBay clicking just posted. SDCC, whatever year it is, like San Diego Comic-Con 2019. And as soon as people post stuff, you know, as soon as it goes for sale, I'll scan through and see if I, because they don't, you don't know what's going to be worth a lot. They just kind of go, oh, it's a VHS tape. It's a hundred bucks, you know, whatever. And then you buy it now or you send the guy an offer or you contact him and you try to, because some of that stuff will be worth a lot or be rare. Like this, this copy, because they only made, I think 150 of them signed by Ryan Reynolds. I bought it uh, for 250 bucks, which was the most I've ever paid for a VHS tape. But those things are hard to find now because everybody's got their mitts on them and nobody wants to sell them. They're all holding on to them, you know, signed by Ryan Reynolds. That's they, amazing. They go, I've seen them sell for $700, $800, $900 on Dang. eBay. And I mean, I'll, I mean, I've never even opened it. Like people have asked me, is Deadpool on it? Did they, is it a funny joke? Is it Ryan Reynolds? Is it what's on the tape? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to open it. I don't wow, know. Wow, that's <laughs> like, awesome, dude. I tried once to get another copy and just open, to that, open one that one and, yeah. and keep one. But by then it was like four or $500. And I was like, mm, I'm just, you know. And you've like tripled your investment. Yeah. And over I, tripled. And it. It's just things like that. I'll, I'll get um, studios. Like there's a A24 movie I think they just put out on VHS. Um, it was the one where they dance. The whole movie's them dancing. I forget what it's called. Oh, it's yeah. French. Um, yeah, it's Climax is the name of the film. They did a weird promotional VHS release. I don't have one because I didn't really like that movie, but it's something that I'm on my radar. If I find yeah, it, I'll, be I'll snatch one up it. if somebody's like, hey, you yeah. like this? You know, yeah, I'll pick it up. Like, Very cool. I, I like releases like that. I like modern. Or, or And also, a thing I'm into is bootlegs, which uh, there's a huge bootleg VHS boot market, uh, underground boot market of guys that... <laughs> Make movies on VHS, and, and I've got a wall, a shelf full of, like, uh, Rogue One, Guardians of the Galaxy, like, all these mo these new what? movies. I've got them That's all on amazing. VHS, in cardboard, in clamshell, Super 8, all these flicks that I love. I've had other people make them for me or I've made them myself. Um, I mean, I made a bunch of Aquaman clamshells wow, really? of the new Aquaman movie, like, 70s style that or people that, Did you put, that, you put that on Instagram? Mm -hmm. People ate those up. Like, I love the – like, it's – that kind of stuff I get a real kick out of. That's super cool, dude. Yeah, it's fun to, to do the new, like, it's Stranger Things season one on two VHS cassettes, you know, some guy made. You figured they would have done, like, a, their own VHS thing. They did a whole thing where they, they? they packaged their Blu-rays and DVDs in VHS boxes. Oh, Which, okay. if you go to Target, there's, the, like, it's it's becoming more mainstream, and a lot of the, the places offer things like that. Like, Target will have T-shirts in VHS boxes. I literally just saw that. I, yeah. I thought about sending it to you, but I was like, ah, I'm sure he's oh, seen yeah. this. <laughs> Yeah. But I was like, it's like, it happened to be like right by like the photo area or yeah. something. I mean, and there was like a stand there, mm -hmm. and I was like, are these VHSs? Target was selling cassette tapes, like cassette tapes of like they had Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time" album. Like they had all these '90s cassette tapes, and that was killing me. That that's awesome. They like I don't even know what people would do. I mean, I'm sure some people have the records, the 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 cassette players to play this stuff, but. They had a huge display of them. I'm all like, all right, that is wild that to is me. That is so funny. I love it. I was, uh, one thing I wanted to be sure to talk to you about was like a, a an interesting thing that I didn't think about until I heard you talk about it. I think it was with Michael um, on Okie Geek. Maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, it was uh, when you were talking about you were buying like 
you'll buy like in bulk and then like you'll get like a, a tape that's like unmarked. It's just like someone's like a mixtape that they made. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like I talked to Luke Atkinson. Okay. I talked to him about something I did like that. Mm-hmm. That um, my mom, like we didn't have a lot of stuff growing up, and, but we had like um, randomly found like this pretty nice like CRT TV. It had the built-in VHS player. Those are my favorite. And um, so, so every now and again, she would buy me like we'd go to the, the, the dollar store by our house, mm-hmm. and there'd be blank VHSs. And sometimes she'd buy me like I, I'd be like, "Can I get a VHS?" Yeah, and she'd be like, "Sure." So then I would just take it and I would make my own mixtapes. Yep. So I had a bunch of like Cartoon Network bumpers, um, a bunch of like episodes <sighs> of random stuff, and I'm like. Man, and I'm like, like, fifty percent like positive that she has them still like at her house in Mexico, mm-hmm. and like hearing you talk about, it, I was just like, man, I gotta see if she can like dig that up because I would love to see what's on that. Oh, I a lot of if I like people have asked me to find local uh, stuff from people here yeah. in Oklahoma because they want to see the old like local commercials. commercials. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I found doing all this was I found a box that was at my mom's house of my old tapes. So I've got. X-Men from Saturday morning cartoons. I've got the tick. I've got Dang. old Star Treks with you commercials. You got to play that at your yeah, Tunes on the Rock. Exactly. Dude. I've got all these things that I made, my mixtapes. So that I remember uh because I didn't have MTV or VH1 or cable or anything. Uh NBC had a show called like NBC After Dark or NBC Late Night or NBC. Huh. So and it was these weird like 1 a.m. 2 a.m. music video things hosted by just random people and I would stay up late and record and I've got music video uh, tapes that just have the most random songs that these people played like you've got Creed and then Shania Twain and then uh, (laughs) what is that the lady from I know what you did last summer Jennifer Oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt music video, because she tried to be a, a musician there for They a all did. They all did. So it's got, but it's all edited for cable TV, or not t- for network TV. Or, right. And they're all uh, these, these nerfed versions of the songs, and, but it's a kick to go through that tape. I'll, I'll still play that one, that music video tape at, you know, parties in my garage once it gets late at night. We're done watching the movie or whatever while we're just hanging out. I'll throw that in there and people just for the lulls. For the lulls, yeah. Those old nineties, those That's old nineties, like an old pink video, like one of her first <laughs> ones ever. That's cool, man. That's great. I was just like when you brought that up. Uh, I think it was on Okie Geek. I was just like seriously, like some neurons were firing, mm-hmm. and I was like, holy shit! Like I think I have like at least three or four of those, like in, in a in a freaking uh, tub at my yep. mom's house. And so I was like, shit, I need to go try to see if I can find those. Get them. Find them. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming through, man. T- uh Talking to me and chatting, me, chatting with me about uh, VHS and chill and, like, Always. everything you guys are doing. Anytime. Uh, uh, real quick, I want to be sure, you know, if you want to talk to people about uh, stuff you got going on, the film festival, where people could follow you, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Um, You you guys can all follow me and, and the the, sh- the adventures we get up to at uh, vhsandchill.net. Uh, also, Instagram, VHS and Chill OKC, Twitter, VHS and Chill OKC, Facebook, VHS and Chill. I mean, it's all of them are on there, and I post all the shows we do in the events and things. Um, coming up um, next week on Tuesday, the 13th, I do Film Road Trivia with uh, Brian Peltz uh, at the Paramount Room. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing that on the 15th, so next Thursday, VHS Grindhouse. Uh, at Elk Valley. And again, all these things are usually always free. I mean, 
Um, but another big show we're doing is on the 16th at Rodeo Cinema. We're doing Star Wars. We've got the original uh, Star Wars flick, A New Hope. We've got the 501st Legion coming in with Darth Vader's and Stormtroopers and the, 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 the R2-D2 that drives around. Uh, they're all showing up. We've got uh, the Oklahoma Film Society help sponsor that, uh, a local place called Toy Base 10. If you've ever been there on 10th Street, it is like the biggest toy store just hidden here in the town. Stuff like Meridian. Isn't yeah, it? it is great. Um, he's a sponsor of this. Um, we're giving away some some fun stuff. We've got some posters, some VHS tapes, uh, things we're giving away for the show. We're actually running pretty low on tickets on that. Uh, so if you, you want yours, you want in. I mean, oh, yeah, and that one, that one you will have to buy. Yeah, that one you got to get. I think it's 10 bucks a ticket. Uh, that's 8 p.m. that night. Uh, and then we talked about like Tunes on the Rocks. Uh, that's the 19th at the Paramount Room. Uh, where we just watch cartoons and are apparently going to have a fun pizza party. <laughs> this, this yeah, one. that's cool, brother. And then the 23rd and the 24th, uh, Weekend with Jeff, uh, we're doing that film festival there at the Paramount Room. Uh, starts at 6 p.m. on Friday, uh, and then we're going to screen um, into the night at 8. And the next day we start with Vibes, uh, then old Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper movie. Uh, on Saturday, I think that starts at 1 or 2 um, the doors open at mid- at noon for that, and then that night we're doing the fly. Is what we're going to close it all out. You with. You got to close it with the fly, and brother. Yeah, we've got people introing these these shows. We've got people from the film society. We've got Mickey Reese is introing uh, vibes. Local filmmaker, nice. Yeah, we've got um, the Creepos Creep Show guys are going to do a live podcast review of the fly after it. Tight. Uh, that love gonna, those guys for yeah, sure. Yeah, we're going to record that right there in the audience. Uh, we did that uh, a couple months back. With uh, my bloody Valentine, yeah, and yeah, yeah, had a blast with that terrible. Yeah, that's movie. really cool, man. It, but a lot of these shows we do monthly, like Blockbusted Video is monthly, VHS Grindhouse, Tunes on the Rocks. I mean, I'm always doing something at Rodeo. We've always got fun things at, at Rodeo Cinema. We've got a weird German horror movie called Lose uh, right now, which I watched and is is wild. It is a very unusual <laughs> flick. Come out and see it. It's fun. I mean, but yeah, follow us online. We're always doing something. Right on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast. T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to check out Sean's episode or uh, Sean's uh, uh, playlist on Spotify too. Put together a playlist <laughs> uh, to accompany this episode. Um, I don't always do a great job of promoing those playlists, so I was, you know, want to be sure to shout yeah. you out. Uh, but yeah, man, thanks again for coming out, brother. Right on.